Seltzer Kings Podcasts. Hey, are you into werewolves, mad sciences, and a little bit of witchcraft? Then stay tuned for an all-new episode of Watch Corner. We're riding this train straight into the sun. Woo! Tune in to a classic episode of Watts Corner on the Seltzer Kings Network. Available on all podcast platforms. I resent the implication, Gavin, that I am doing this because Joe Rogan did it. Although I would say that I would not say no to like 0.1% of his download numbers. The following podcast contains... Sacred Island, watch the language. Hey pal, watch the gutter language. Okay, let's try to watch the language. There's children present, yeah? And will you watch your ruddy language? My ears are not a toilet. Explicit language. Hello and welcome to the podcast that asks a simple question. When the guy is leading in the polls and has raised a hundred million dollars in a year and yet still won't consider him a front runner, what the hell were you thinking? I'm your host, Dave Bledsoe, and this is a Friday, January 24th, 2020. I'm burning, I'm burning for you edition of the show, where we take a legitimate look at this Bernie Sanders villa and like what we see. Stay tuned. What the hell are you thinking podcast is brought to you by Hindsight, showing the things you ought to have seen already. Are you played by bad decision making, troubled by regret for things left undone, bothered by missed opportunities? Then you need Hindsight. At Hindsight, we point out all the wrong things you did so you don't do them again. Whether it was marrying that truck stop waitress in Reno or buying that third house with a subprime mortgage in 2007, Hindsight is here to remind you that you make bad decisions and should really learn from them. Hindsight reviews every questionable decision, poor thought-out idea, and half-assed plan you've ever conceived and tells you not to do it again. In a world of awful choices, you need Hindsight to move forward. Act now and give, and for 10% off our companion service, Foresight, a more expensive but definitely more useful service that stops you before you fuck it all up again. Every time I try to have a civil, level-headed conversation with passionate Sanders supporters, I always feel as though I'm telling a child the truth about Santa Claus and that I have some really bad news about the unicorns. Whoa, Gavin, buddy, you okay there? You you, you didn't know about the unicorns, right? Where where, where are you going? Where where, where are you going? going? Oh, Christ. Now I gotta edit the show tonight. Well, at least the drops won't be blown out again. It's 2020, pod friends, and that means after taking most of last year off from heavy politics, we at this low-rated podcast are dusting off our pretty, pretty pundit panties, dolling up our faces, and getting ready to shake daddy's little moneymaker in your face once again. I think I'm going to throw up! Because we're rolling hard into the election year! I mean, admittedly, this election has been going on since the late Mesozoic era, but now is when shit starts to get real. 2019 gave us a real embarrassment of riches for us Democrats candidate-wise. I mean, who could forget Beto's born-to-be-in-it moment, which promptly tanked his chances of being in anything except maybe Dancing with the Stars? Or Marianne Williamson giving us a crash course on ritual magic workings? Marianne Williamson just dropped out for running as president, by the way. 
How did she last this long? Or how about Kamala Harris, who was on my short list of contenders, and apparently my short list for contenders is actually a long list of also-rans, because Beto was on that list too. Sorry, Beto. I thought we were going to have our moment, but apparently... No, Beto. We're not. But with the advent of 2020 and voting and actually about to start, I think it's safe to say that we have what I like to call our actually fucking possible slate of primary contenders. Some of these names are quite difficult for me to say, not just because they're difficult for me to pronounce. Pete. God, that guy's last name drives me crazy. Or they're also difficult to say because they have no fucking business being in the race at all. And you know, now this Bloomberg thing. But there they are. The feel, the realistic feel, stands basically as Biden, Warren, Bernie, and Buttigieg. I guess I'll put Bloomberg in there, but at the very bottom, because he's not going to win, but he is, you know, rich as a Lannister. But really, I'm only here today to talk about one man. And that is a man that I wronged grievously back in 2016. Oh my God, Gavin? <laughs> you wish. Uh, no, no, no. I speak of none other than Vermont Senator and perpetually grumpy scion of Brooklyn, Bernie Sanders. Bernie. Don't Bernie me. Now, if any of you were listening to this podcast back during the election of 16, you might remember me as not exactly feeling the burn. Are you trying to piss on my bonfire? It's not that I didn't like Bernie back then. It's just that I thought there was no way in hell he could beat Hillary Clinton in the primary and didn't stand a fart's chance in a hurricane of winning in the general. And to my credit, I was half right. He didn't beat Hillary in the primary. I am no longer remotely sure about what would happen in the general. I suspect the outcome would be the same, but I just don't know. In 2020, Bernie is second in national polling, although he's creeped ahead to first in, in some of them. And basically in the general shakeout, he's running a few points behind Joe Biden in a still crowded field. God, sounds ominous. What does? Well, let's talk about it, because the early voting states where things are more complicated are going to tell the tale. In Iowa, Bernie is leading slightly, but really it's a toss-up between Bernie, Biden, and Warren, and Buttigieg. And Iowa is real fucking interesting, my friends. It's something no one has ever said. Well, outside of politics, anyway. You see how Iowa works is people gather together in their small towns and someone makes a speech about the candidate they support and then a bunch of people vote. And everyone, everyone who gets to 15% of that vote share gets to keep their vote, but anyone under 15% is out and the people vote again based on who's left. This keeps going until all the voting is done and the delegates are apportioned for the district based on their percentages. Sounds simple, right? No, it's not. It's needlessly complicated. Yeah, I know, but it's Iowa and something about corn makes them want to make it complicated. What I mean by all this is Sanders could easily win Iowa based on current polling because the lower candidates fall aside. I'm not sure how many people voting for Tom Steyer are going to jump to Bernie, but I could easily see Yang voters or even Gabbard voters, those, those, um, those of them who aren't, you know, Russian bots on Twitter coming over to him. The caveat to all this is that there could be no clear winner in Iowa, so everyone could claim they won, which could make things somewhat confusing, I admit. I, I guess I should take a moment to talk about Liz Warren. Look, I've been a Liz Warren stan all through 2019. <gasps> Liz! And I still love Liz, and I wish that she was doing better, and I don't count her out, but it seems like everyone else has. She stumbled hard on that Medicare for All thing and has never really regained the liz momentum she had before it. And uh, she's been polling consistently fourth for a long stretch, and I'm kind of afraid she needs a miracle to get back on top. 
Now, back to the topic. Coming up after Iowa is New Hampshire. New Hampshire? The polling in New Hampshire has been weird, all right? I'm just going to admit it. But over the past few weeks, Bernie has pulled significantly ahead outside of the margin of error. So it looks it looks like Bernie is probably going to win New Hampshire. Who knows? Who knows? Trust me, we just got to see people start voting first. And if Bernie comes out of New Hampshire, which is a primary state, not some weird Iowa caucus shit, we're going to see if the campaign has got its feet underneath it and can start running. They won it handily in 2016, and Bernie's a local boy from Vermont. So we're just going to see what the fuck happens, all right? But I think, and I think most everybody else thinks, that Bernie's going to win New Hampshire, and that's going to set the tone if he does super well in Iowa and he wins New Hampshire, it's going to set the tone going forward into South Carolina. And look, Biden's going to win South Carolina. That's just a thing that's going to happen. It might not surprise you who comes in second, but by how much he does, just may. I think Bernie's going to do better than people think in South Carolina. Look who knows so much. And finally, the last of the early states is Nevada before Super Tuesday in March. Polls show Biden ahead... But polls are super tricky in Nevada. It's another caucus state. Bernie basically tied Nevada in 2016 with Clinton. And signs are good that he's stronger this time around. What's changed is the stronghold that won Clinton her delegates there in 2016 is much weaker now as the riding tide of anti-establishmentism grips the voting public. Nevada was a mess for the Democrats four years ago. No one wants a repeat now. So I'm pretty sure that we won't have the shenanigans we saw then. Also... Bernie's done a hell of a lot with Latino voter outreach, and that's going to show in Nevada if the work was done right. So after Nevada, we come to Super Tuesday. Super Tuesday, a third of all the delegates that are in the primary are up for grabs. And once that's over, the field that we have now still, I don't fucking know how many people are in there still, but it's going to be winnowed and winnowed real, real, real hard. So that's my Harry Itten thing on all of this. That's the that's the hard polling data. The, the uh, not even hard polling data. That's the uncertainty. But now we come to a rather simpler question: Could Bernie win? The Democrat Party has their answer in public. I know, I know. Retreat to win. Give up Bernie. That'll solve all our problems. In private. Uh, let's just say they're talking a little different. This is from a political article in Politico article in late December of 2019. Quote, in the past few weeks, something has changed. In private conversations and on social media, Democratic officials, political operatives, and pundits are reconsidering Sanders' chances. It may have been inevitable eventually that you would have two candidates representing each side of the ideological divide in the party. A lot of smart people I've talked to lately think there's a very good chance that those two end up being Biden and Sanders, said David Brock, a longtime Hillary Clinton ally who founded a pro-Clinton super PAC in the 2016 campaign. They've both proven to be very resilient. I believe people should take him very seriously. He's had a very good shot of winning Idaho. A very, uh, excuse me, Idaho, Iowa. He's got a very good shot of winning Iowa and a good shot of winning New Hampshire. And other than Joe Biden, the best shot in Nevada, said Dan Pfeiffer, who served in as advisor to former President Barack Obama. He could build a real head of steam heading into South Carolina and Super Tuesday, unquote. And from a Guardian article on December 27th, quote, 
Sanders does seem certainly seem to be learning from some of the pitfalls of his campaign in 2016 when he lost the Democratic nomination to Hillary Clinton. For example, Sanders was criticized for performing far better in the early voting states of Iowa and New Hampshire, which are mostly white, before losing to Clinton, Clinton in the most racially diverse states of Nevada and South Carolina. This time around, Sanders had made significant outreach to voters of color, specifically Latinos. Polls show Sanders the top choice among Latino voters, and the candidate held a Spanish-language town hall on Sunday in Las Vegas, Nevada, alongside Ocasio-Cortez. That outreach could prove critical in states like California, where Latinos make up 40% of the population. Given that California awards nearly 500 delegates, about 10 times as many as the first caucus state of Iowa, performing there is the key to winning the nomination, unquote. The pundits are all very carefully tiptoeing around the idea that he could win, you know, and he definitely could win. A 77-year-old socialist from Vermont who just had a fucking heart attack is within striking distance of winning the Democratic nomination for president, and only now the party is waking up to that reality. The press is also slowly coming to grips with what was previously to them unthinkable, that Bernie was stronger than they thought. They are only now learning what millions of people around the country already knew, that Bernie Sanders could fucking win this thing, and it scares the shit out of them. Let me quote from a, the very left-wing Jacobin magazine on why that scares them so much. Quote, what happened? One answer is that many prominent Democrats and liberals don't actually want the things they say they want, whether it's because it might alienate their donors, hamper, hamper their future money-making prospects, or both. Another answer is that until 2016, Sanders wasn't considered a threat to Democratic politics as usual. The Democratic establishment was fine with Sanders when he was just a lonely voice fighting for progressive values, as long as the gravy train for consultants, lobbyists, donors, and former politicians kept on running. But once he went from just a voice in the wilderness to the head of a movement that threatened to upend this arrangement, something had to be done. This is why the prevailing media narrative around Sanders swiftly changed as his chances increased over the course of 2016. When he was just at first a rumpled wonk whose support consisted of aging, grateful dead hipsters, environmentalists, and professors, he quickly became a charismatic yet empty demagogue who lacks understanding of policy and is backed by an army of naive, misguided youth, unquote. But now it starts to look like Bernie could win. And the knives are coming out in the fucking halls of power, and they're all heading towards straight towards Bernie's back. At no real point in 2016 did people really think Bernie was going to win, so the knives never came for him. They are this year, and it's ugly. It's ugly for the partisan establishment. If they go bloody on him, it will break the fucking party this year, and Trump will fucking win again. This is not me saying the nominee must be Bernie Sanders. This is me saying if they go hard against Bernie from the top, people will turn their backs on the party, and Trump will win again. Shit. I mean, Hillary Clinton gave her shot this week during an interview on the with The Hollywood Reporter where she restated her view from a documentary about that will shortly premiere on Hulu. Quote, he was in Congress for years. He had one senator support him. Nobody likes him. Nobody wants to work with him. He got nothing done. He was a career politician. It's all just baloney, and I feel so bad that people got sucked into it, unquote. She went on to comment on the misogyny, a real problem, by the way, among some of his more enthusiastic supporters, I have to admit, and then hedged and hedged hard on supporting him if he wins the nomination. All in all, though, I can't think of anything more helpful to Bernie from that she could possibly do because this opinion can only solidify his support among people who like him, and there is no vice versa on that. And you know what? 
I was down south over the Christmas holidays, spending some time with the family in Trumplandia. You poor old man. And I learned some things that kind of shocked me. First of all, how cheap it was to buy anything there. Jesus, New York is killing me. And the second, people are quietly intrigued by Bernie Sanders. I'm sorry, what now? Now, obviously, I'm not a pollster or some time a New York Times reporter doing a story to prove the editorial board. They are reporting the voice of the common man. But in my limited sample of my immediate family, the idea of Bernie was interesting. Even they who voted for the great orange anal fisher are weary of the constant barrage of bullshit spewing form from every day. This is manifested by the mildest possible criticism about him tweeting too much. But in the cult of Trump, that's like a major heresy. And when I mentioned Bernie, they quietly ask if I thought he could win. Not if I thought he was the best man of the job or what I thought about his policies, but the almost quiet, almost desperate question. Yeah, yeah, but could he win? And when I pressed ever so gently on this, they would reply, well, we like some of what he had to say. Some of the things he says are good, but obviously he could never win. Or or they appreciated him being an outsider, even though he's been in D.C. for decades. That's a pretty neat trick if you can pull it off. And when you ask about some of specific policies like Medicare for all or investment in rural economies, you get the strong agreement with the unusual caveat of, how do you pay for it? When I said, well, if we ended all the wars, that might be a good start. That got a much stronger agreement than I imagined it would. And I wouldn't say that they're feeling the burn and they're, prob- and they're planning on voting for Trump again this year, but they're listening to what Bernie says and more importantly, what the establishment Democrat Party, which they loathe, are saying about him and liking Bernie because of it even more. This is true, what you're telling us. It is. It is. It is. Bernie's ideas are not crazy to a lot of Trumpish voters. And look, all right, I know I said some shit back in 2016 that uh, made me sound like, I don't know, downright prickish. Uh, no, no, man, nothing like that. Yeah, yeah, it was. I fully admit I was wrong in hindsight. I've spent the last three years suffering along with the rest of you as a consequence. Some of you listening now might be of a mind to call me a hypocrite or other insults for my stances back then, and I want to invite you right here, right now, to just go ahead and get it out of your system. I'm going to play a little piece of music in which I urge you to get your I told you so's out of your system and just generally enjoy the feeling of being right. If I could take you up in paradise up above If you would tell me I'm the only one that you love Life could be a dream, sweetheart Hello, hello again Shaboom and hope we'll meet again Oh, life could be a dream If only all my precious plans would come true If you would let me spend my whole life loving you Life could be a dream, sweetheart are fucking stupid and you are fucking ignorant Dave everyone feel better now so this year I've decided that I will quietly without being an asshole because we have to admit there are so many assholes out there who really make Bernie and the people that are supporting him look like um I don't know uh a real piece of shit you know I'm not gonna do that and if you like Elizabeth Warren or Andrew Yang or Mayor Pete or 
or I don't know what reason, Joe Biden, maybe you have some nostalgia for that onion thing, whatever. Do you? I'm not going to tell you who to vote for. I'm speaking just for me and no one else. Unless, of course, you're thinking of voting for Steyer and Bloomberg. In that case, you can just fuck off right now. Stop listening to my podcast and fuck right the hell off. This is not good radio. I've decided to vote for Bernie for three reasons. Number one, I think he can beat Trump. This year, this has to be the primary reason for supporting a candidate. It overwhelms every other reason we have for voting for someone. I think he can beat Trump because he has young people overwhelmingly behind him, and those are the people I believe that will swing the election. Their numbers are massive, and if we give them a reason to go to the polls, they, combined with their Democrat base, could landslide Bernie into office, carrying the down ballot. This is the revolution Bernie is talking about. I also think that given the bullpit of the general election without the Yenonessian warfare of the primary, the economic message of Bernie can win back some of the venerated white working class voters. If Bernie goes further and chooses a young, dynamic person of color, someone like Georgia Stacey Abrams, he can consolidate and motivate the black folk who are going to see a highly skilled woman of color a heartbeat away from the president, and that heart is in a 77-year-old man who's already had one heart attack. That's probably cold and cynical on my part, but fuck, I am talking about winning the fucking presidency and beating Donald fucking Trump. Reason the second. I want to fuck shit up. I'm sorry, what? I want to fuck shit up. Four years of Donald Trump and 16 years of GOP minority rule enabled by the fucking spineless Democrat Party has left me with a burning desire to kick over the fucking apple cart of complacency that dominates this fucking country. I want the 1% scared. I want Washington, D.C. to be turned over the knee of a cranky Jew from Brooklyn as spank. I want to fuck shit up up and i'm not alone america wants that too that's why donald trump worked in the end why not use that power for good instead of evil just once in this fading republic i want to see someone who for better or worse has had a singular vision on how to fix shit being given the power and political clout to try it and see what the fuck happens i want the anti-reagan to come in and unfuck all the things reagan fucked up i want taxes to go up on the people who make the money i want to take dimes from the rich instead of pennies from the poor i want people to seem to be able to go and see a goddamn doctor when they're sick and not worry about how to pay for it I want kids to eat lunch for free in school like I did when I was a kid. I want Silicon Valley to be worried about the government coming in and fucking them up to and fix shit themselves before we, the people, jolly well come in and fix it for them. We've done it before. Ask Bell Telephone if we won't. Oh, you can't because we busted that shit up and opened the door to a massive wave of technological innovation. I want the courts reform. I want Citizen United shit can. I want the Voting Rights Act back. I want gerrymandering ended. I want equal rights amendment in the Constitution. I want abortion protected. 
I want some elementary gun laws enforced and logical new protections passed. I want immigration reform, the dreamers on a path to citizenship. I want vigorous public corruption laws enforced and a strong enforcement of the corruption laws on companies and persons who openly flout them. I want a foreign policy that embraces existing alliance and builds new ones. I want the military-industrial complex beaten with a fucking baseball bat until it curls up and shits itself before dying. I want our forces to come home and stop being sent to the Middle East every six months. I want them to get a chance to come Come home and, stop and rest and retrain for the big fights of the future, which they can't do while pissing out brush fires all over the sandbox. I want Israel to act like a progressive democracy instead of an oppressive totalitarian regime smashing a minority. The irony of that seems to be lost on all of us. And who better to do it than a cranky Jewish man? In short, I want to fuck shit up. That is all I really want. Do I think I will get all of it? I do not. Do I think I will get most of it? I do not. Do I think I can get some of it? Yes, I do. But I'll tell you what I know for fuck sure, with the exception possibly of Elizabeth Warren, we will get none of it with anyone else plausibly positioned to win the presidency. I think our odds are slightly better with Bernie than Liz, so the official editorial position of the What the Hell Were You Thinking podcast is supporting Bernie Sanders for President of the United States because we firmly believe that we will get more of what we want with Bernie. Because Bernie, as Bernie has always been, is here. Well, let's just listen to Bernie say it itself. I've come to chew bubble gum and kick ass. And I, I'm all out of bubblegum. Bernie Sanders, and I approve this message. And lastly, reason the third, because electing Bernie Sanders might actually help people who need fucking help. My voting for Bernie won't change my life dramatically. Hell, it could even hurt me a little bit. I'll have to pay more taxes. But if Bernie were to win and just do a little of what he wants to do, it would help people who need fucking help. Tired, tired tired of living in a fucking country where rich fucks or even middle-class white dudes like me get all kinds of fucking help every time we turn around someone is right there here shit take some here's some free money man it's cool like when i was losing i'm losing my apartment i got just a ton of free fucking money to the city they gave it to me no one ever asked for a dime of that shit back it wasn't even hard they were just like no here take it i want that for everyone not just a good risk because i was classified when they gave me the money i want everyone to have some fucking help because they need fucking help because everyone needs help from time to time, not just white dudes like me. That is it for our show this week. I want to apologize. It's been kind of a mishmash of a show. My voice is messed up because I've got a little cold going on. And the script has been in the hopper for a while, waiting to get closer to the caucuses before I recorded it. And I didn't do enough editing on it because I am a lazy fuck who just doesn't care. Yeah, all right, so it's 21 days to the New Hampshire primary, 10 days from the Iowa caucus. This is where shit starts getting real. It's time to wear, get away, put away bullshit and stop worrying about the impeachment in the Senate because we all know how it's going to turn end, end out and turn our energy to choose and who will stand against Donald Trump and the, and the general. Choose well, vote your head, vote your hearts, or I don't know, vote Biden with whatever organ makes you do something like that. I'm already fucking working my three, way through the stages of grief if he gets nominated. Jesus Christ, this fucking country. I'm a decent enough actor, I guess, but it's really going to stretch my skills to act like I'm motivated for Joe fucking Biden. But if he wins, I'm going to be all like, we love Joe! And try to make people believe it. 
It's going to take an Adam Driver level of performance, but I'll do what I can. Speaking of doing what I can, rate and review this show, this pod, wherever you get your podcasts, it's with the same kind of fake enthusiasm I'll give to Joe Biden candidacy. Follow the show on Twitter, the hell underscore podcast, and the show name on Facebook. All the episodes are at SoundCloud at the show name. So for me, Bernie Dude, not Bernie Bro Bledsoe, producer Yang Gang Gavin, and all the fictional Bloombergers on this show, we want to say vote in the valley, voting in the city. Voting isn't pretty, and sometimes it should never be. Vote in the darkness. Voting on the highway. Voting is the only way we'll ever be free. Fill the barn, y'all, and we'll see you next week. for this so I take a small bow. Seltzer Kings Podcasts.